Hey folks, this is Anatoly, and you're listening to the No Sharding Podcast. And today we have a special short episode just covering our auction. And as a guest, I have Andy Bromberg, who's the president of CoinList. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on for the, the second time on the No Sharding Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's super awesome to have you. So I think we can kind of quickly cover our auction and how Dutch auctions work. And I'd actually love to pick your brain and we have time on price discovery and why it's such a really hard problem and why there's why there's so many different kinds of ways to do this. Yeah, perfect. That sounds like a plan. Cool. So Solana is going to have a, a Dutch auction. It's, um, it's happening end of this week. Uh, we are what, what that means is that we're selling our tokens, a small portion of the supply on the open um, on the on the coinless platform to a large set of users whoever wants to can can buy them um, and the way they purchase them is they place a bid and the idea is that if everybody picks a fair market value the auctioneer can then take the whole lot and sell it to the entire market um, the market buys it based on what price actually clears the entire lot and that price is the what's considered fair market price at that time and everybody pays that price so the kind of nice thing for the buyers is that no buyer pays a worse price than anyone else the nice thing for the seller is that they get like this their entire lot of stuff sold <laughs> right is that is that like a good explanation yeah so i think uh, and i'll just put a, an alternate frame on it too the, mechanically, the way that these Dutch auctions work is that they start at a, a high price and anyone can bid at any price from the high price that it starts at all the way down to what's called the reserve price, which is the lowest price for the auction. And people can place all of their bids. And when they place a bid, they say both uh, how much they're willing to buy in notional terms, as well as at what price. So you would place a bid and you would say, oh, you know, I'm willing to bid $100 at a dollar token. Um, and what happens is that uh, over the course of the auction, the price continues to go down. So say it started at you know, $10 and it goes down to $9, $8 in just this example auction. I'm not talking about the, the Solana auction in particular, but um, it starts at $10 and it goes down to $9 and $8. And at some point, there will be sufficient demand from all the people that bid at a certain price to clear. So say you know there's enough demand at three dollars to sell all of the tokens that that the issuer is selling. Uh, the price would have gone down from ten to nine to eight. There wouldn't have been enough demand there to clear to seven. Not enough demand all the way down to three, and then it clears. And totally like you were saying, I think one of the most important pieces of this auction mechanic is that everyone who participates gets the same price. So even if you bid in this example auction that clears at at $3, even if you bid $5 or $8 or $10, because it went past that on the way down, you would then get into the auction at $3, the same price as everyone else. So everyone, a price is discovered, there's sufficient demand at $3, the price is discovered. Um, everyone who bids pays $3 uh, to uh, for the tokens that they get, for the allocation they requested, and, uh, and everyone's happy. So you, you pay at most what you bid, but possibly even less if the auction gets down below that point. Um, and that's mechanically how it works. Yeah, and I, I guess the 
the the I guess the negatives to this is that you may not get the allocation that you wanted, right? So if you just wanted, you know, all the tokens, the only way to do that is well, there is no way to do that, right? E- even if you bid the maximum, if somebody else also bids the maximum, you guys get, I guess, first in, first out at that point, right? Right. So there's a yeah, two things that you said there that I think are really important, understanding these mechanics. First is you're right, you could actually miss out on getting into the auction if you bid too low. So again, going to that example auction I was talking about where it clears at $3, which means there's sufficient demand at $3 to sell the whole lot of tokens. If you bid a dollar or a buck fifty or two dollars, it never would have gotten down to your price. You just wouldn't get any tokens. You don't get to adjust. You have to bid um, at or above what the clearing price ends up being in order to get tokens. You may miss out if you bid too low. But the yeah. the second dynamic, which you were saying, is that yeah, you you can't guarantee an allocation. So the way the bids are prioritized, and this is another important point, just to get into the the nuance of it, this, which I think is you know, hopefully what this episode's for. Um, so I hope I'm not not going too deep here, is that the bids are prioritized by first the price that the bid was at, and then the time that the bid was made as the tiebreaker. So what that means is that, uh, again, imagine this, this fictional auction that clears at $3. All the people that bid at $10, $9, $8, $7, $6, all the way down, those bids are prioritized. So if you said, I'll bid you know, $100 at $10 a token, when it gets down to $3, your $100 bid is first in line because you bid the highest amount in the auction. So you, you would get your $100 allocation uh, that you asked for, uh, but at a $3 price. And then once the $10 go through, then the $9 go through, and then the $8 go through, and you keep going down. And then eventually, it may turn out that because the because the the price ticked down a whole dollar from four to three, now it's oversubscribed at three dollars, even though it was undersubscribed at four. And at that point, after the the bid price, the tiebreaker is when you submitted your bid. So if you want an allocation, your incentive is is twofold. As a buyer here, it one it's to bid the highest price that you're comfortable bidding, so that increases your chance of getting your allocation. But two, also to bid as early as possible. Um, in case there is a tie at the price that you you went in at. Got it. So just so I understand correctly, if I bid $100 at $1 and the price is at $0.50, cents, I at least get 100 tokens, right? Because my $100 effectively was cleared first, right? So I got my allocation of 100 tokens, but then I may pay less than... I may, I am paying 50 cents a token and I may get up to 200 tokens. Yeah, that's, that's one way to think about it. So yeah, from a mathematical perspective, you're right. Um, although just from a framing perspective, you're not actually getting 100 tokens at a dollar. You're getting 100 tokens at 50 cents. Correct, um, correct. And, and you're, you're actually reasonably likely to get 200 tokens at 50 cents. The, the reason that you would not get 200 tokens at 50 cents, even though you've been above that, is because of the increment that it goes down by. And this, this is where a whiteboard gets kind of helpful to, to explain this. But again, if the, let's say it was going down in, in 50 cent increments. If the auction was over, uh, undersubscribed at a dollar, so there wasn't enough to clear at a dollar, but then it went down to 50 cents, it might be that there is enough. Uh, demand 
in notional dollar value from the $1 bidders to subscribe the auction and potentially even to oversubscribe it at 50 cents. Because all of a sudden, these bids that people placed at $1 are now worth more in token terms. And the, the auction is selling a certain number of tokens. In the Solana case, it's selling 8 million tokens. So it could be that uh, there was not sufficient demand um, at, at a dollar to clear it, but at 50 cents there was. And you know, just to do, the, do an example math there, Solana is selling these tokens. There's 8 million tokens going in the auction. Um, let's say there, was, uh, there were uh, $5 million of bids at $1. So the auction goes to $1. There's $5 million of bids, which is not enough because you need $8 million of bids at $1 in order to clear the auction. So it's not enough. So it goes down, and let's say this imaginary one that you're talking about, Anatoly, it goes down to 50 cents. So now there's $5 million of bids at a dollar, and then let's say even more, you know, $3 million bid at 50 cents. But what happens is those $5 million of bids that were at $1 are now enough to oversubscribe the auction because it's at 50 cents. Because $5 million at 50 cents is 10 million tokens. Got it. So, so now the auction's oversubscribed. Now each of the bidders, the bidders that were at a dollar, mostly get their allocation. Some of them get cut back a little bit um, because there's there's enough demand there for 10 million tokens, even though there's only 8 million being sold. Uh, and then the 50 cent bidders don't get in because they didn't bid high enough to get priority in the uh, order. I know that was very complicated. Is that all? No, that, that, all that is sense? that. It, yeah, that re that's a really good way to visualize it. So who gets cut back basically the last bidders right effectively like kind of like the highest bidders get priority and they fill up their allocation at the at the price that's oversubscribed correct and until exactly. you, and so, you keep, so the, you... the 50 cent bidders in our example would get nothing and the one dollar bidders um the tiebreaker is the time that they bid so people would would people that bid early in the $1 set would get their full allocation. And then some people might get cut back because even though they bid a dollar, they bid too late. So again, you know, these mechanics are all pretty complicated and, and worth modeling out. And obviously the Solana and Coinless teams are happy to answer questions about these mechanics as, as everyone has them. But the simple heuristic is um, going in and bidding a higher dollar value and bidding earlier uh, are what will give you a higher likelihood of getting into the auction so that the kind of most simply rational thing to do if you are a buyer of an asset that's going through a Dutch auction is to bid at the highest price per token that you are comfortable buying at and do so as early as possible for whatever allocation in notional dollar value you want to uh, be buying. Yep. Yeah, to me, to me, the, this kind of auction seems to have the most um, kind of like collaborative price discovery from the seller pool of sellers that you can have, right? Because we don't like we're not bid, kind of bidding them against each other for a single item one at a time. Right. Yeah. So it's that's that's why this Dutch auction model is is really appealing. You know, I think. The inevitable dynamic with auctions, and, and certainly something that I'm sure people might be thinking right now is, man, this is this is complicated. Um, the reality of, of auction mechanisms, and we've done a lot of research on different auction mechanisms at Coinless, we've worked with a variety of projects that have, have used them, is that 
there's basically a trade-off between uh, reducing complexity and getting to effective price discovery um, and happy buyers and sellers. So this Dutch auction is is reasonably complicated. We've kind of gone through the mechanics here, um, but it what it yields is really effective price discovery. And then totally to your point, really collaborative price discovery. Because again, and you know, we're a broken record on this, but I, this is really important. It, if you simplify this mechanism, one of the things that it allows you to do is let everyone bid, encourage everyone to bid at the highest price they're comfortable bidding, but make sure that everyone clears at the same price. So you're not penalized for bidding higher. That's the, the magic of this Dutch auction mechanism is that if you're willing to pay whatever the price is that you bid, you're never going to be penalized for bidding at that price if it clears lower. In fact, you're going to be rewarded because you're going to be more likely to get your full allocation in the token. Um, and so it's, it's a collaborative effort. Everyone is bidding as high as they are comfortable, but not getting penalized for bidding too high. Because again, there's, there's a dynamic in a lot of other types of auctions, say sealed bid auctions, where everyone, you know, this is a very simple type of auction where everyone would submit a sealed bid and whoever bids the highest gets the asset. Well, you get penalized if you bid higher than you have to, right? If everyone else submits bids at $100 and your bid was at $200, you don't get it for $100. You don't get it for $101. You pay $200. So that's a really negative repercussion of that type of auction. Dutch auctions don't have that mechanic. You don't get penalized for bidding a higher number if the auction ends up clearing at a lower price, which is really beneficial. Yeah, to me, to me this seems like... Um... The, this is what attracted me to this this particular design was that like our you know like fundamentally i think the goal of a layer one especially our project is to get the token into as many people's hands at fair market value because that's when network effects start to take over right and then you start building a community and like kind of this programmatic financial ecosystem within that network and if you don't have fair market value <laughs> right then one, you don't have just simple consensus security. <laughs> That's just kind of fundamental part of like building a layer one, right? It's just that part needs to work. But then you also don't get network effects between the users and you don't get to like accumulate value, that, which is kind of the whole point of this thing. Um, so that, that's been like a super challenging part for us because as like a company that raises private money, especially in the US, you're then almost going public before you have a product right and going public like or releasing this thing to the open market is somewhat like your first product that, or the, that you're shipping so we constructed this part of part of our token release strategy which isn't tied to the auction is that if somebody stakes they also get a price guarantee um and like you and I actually went like had a heated discussion about this, how it works and um, on certain aspects of it. And I'm glad that you guys are actually supporting us in this because there's been other projects that have done similar mechanics and that have had weird effects. But I think like uh, you seem convinced that we've corrected some of those, uh, um, some of the things that happened last year, for example. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, there's there's certainly been a lot of back and forth and every, you know, one of the things that I think everyone loves about crypto is that it's a it's a, a very fast-paced iteration of experimentation in uh, economic models and, and new interesting economic dynamics. Um, and see, I'm really excited about the dynamic that 
that you've put together for this price guarantee. And I, I think particularly um, acutely valuable or emphasized in this crazy time, uh, you know, we're talking here, just for the record, on, on Tuesday, March 17th, 2020, um, some crazy price actions happened last week in the crypto markets uh, broadly. And so I think building in this price guarantee is a, a really interesting way to do it. Do you want to maybe yeah. talk about the high level of it and then we can dig into yeah, the details? Yeah, so like, um, again, like we've always saw this kind of launch as an opportunity to grow the, the user base, the network, because like, you know, the, the whole space is partly pre-product market fit, but the way I look at the networks that are thriving, like I would say Cosmos, Tezos, and Ethereum, there's a lot of active users that are just token holders that are participating in this like DeFi ecosystem applications. And a lot of it is like just within that ecosystem, people taking the token, creating a stable coin, buying the token and like lending and margin trading. And this stuff is, I think, kind of the core group that's really growing these applications that I think are going to take off five, 10 years from now, if not faster. Um, so if you don't have a community, I think it's impossible to catch up, impossible to get there because you can't like beat network effects. Those are, ex you know, we, we're seeing network effects of a certain kind right now outside <laughs> in San Francisco. It's impossible to compete with them. <laughs> um, so that, that kind of exponential growth, I think, is necessary for projects like us. And I think those are destroyed when you have like really bad price discovery, which I think is what's happening with a lot of other projects that launched last year. Um, and I think the mechanics of why that price discovery hasn't been working out is that they have constructed these like lockstep linear unlocks when a new supply is introduced into the market without like demand at a particular price point. So it's not like, you know, you look at linear unlocks, it's not like every unlock, there's a new Dutch auction and everybody does the mechanic you describe where the price clears at the whatever the current market demand is and everybody pays that price. <laughs> Instead, you have an open market with different information, asymmetric information, and almost a doubling of supply or a large introduction of that people with their own information that just start to injecting it randomly. Um, and that seems to have been very destructive to those communities. So what we're attempting to do is that folks that are believers in us, right? They're gonna, they're validators, they're, they're investors, but a lot of them are maybe people that are just coming in from the retail side, they're buying the token. Um, a lot of them stake in Cosmos, a lot of them stake in Tezos. If they stake in Solana, they get a 90% price guarantee that 90% is not based on their purchase price, it's based on what we can sell, which is established by this auction that we're running, um, which is a fair market price at some point at least. Um, and because we sold those t tokens to the auction participants, we received those funds, those funds we can escrow. So we have kind of like our, we can, we can guarantee that they're there and therefore we can guarantee that price. And Anytime we introduce tokens into the marketplace, we introduce them at a price higher than the auction clearing price and only if participants are staking. So we kind of have this demand-driven release at a price that's always higher and those proceeds are 90% escrowed. So we can always guarantee that anyone that stakes can get that 90% guarantee. Uh, so in theory, when we do have 
our investors unlock and kind of like the network open up that period of price discovery can protect, we can protect our users, right? So effectively, if the price drops and the user at that time feels like, Hey, look, I think this is now the fair market value given all the new information, they have the opportunity to rebalance effectively take the 90% rebalance to the new, whatever price and kind of be made whole and not feel like they got dumped on. Right. Uh, and to me, that that's kind of like the core part of this, right? Is that if the user is a Solana user, they believe in what we're doing, they've seen our progress over the year, and just the only problem is that we suck at price discovery, which is an impossible problem. Well, we get a chance to rebalance that and fix it mostly, right? <laughs> and therefore, that community can kind of be whole and, and remain. Um, so that that's kind of like the whole high-level idea to this. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's... It's, it's really interesting I think the dynamics. There's a lot of nuance here to how all of the different parties uh, interact with each other and, and what their incentives are. But to boil it down really simply, um, there's 8 million tokens that will be the initial circulating supply of Solana after the auction. And Solana at the same time, um, and you can, you can read about the details of all of this, uh, by the way, at, at coinlist.co slash Solana. Um, but uh, at, the, at the same time, Solana is releasing this 90% price guarantee up to uh, 8 million tokens. And uh, just to reiterate what Anatoly just said, um, that means that the first 8 million tokens to take advantage of this guarantee, and those take advantage means stake the tokens um, and go through KYC. Uh, the first 8 million to tokens that do that will have this 90% price guarantee where for 12 months from the start of the guarantee period, uh, they're able to uh, be returned for 90% of what the, the price in the auction was. So really simply, if you're an auction participant and you, you participate in the auction and the auction clears at any price uh, and you buy your tokens and you stake them right away, you should get into this 8 million tokens. So again, there's 8 million circulating and there's the price guarantee is for up to 8 million tokens. So you should get into this guarantee and that means that for 12 months from the start of that registration period, you can return your tokens and get 90% of what you paid for them back. Um, and again, given some of the craziness that's happening in the crypto markets, this just seems like a really interesting model to explore as a, as a purchaser um, that you're, you're able to buy in and then potentially get access to this, this price guarantee while earning stake rewards. Yeah, and we were to kind of construct this carefully so that Post auction, when these, you know, if and when these tokens are available on other marketplaces or just users trading them amongst each other, that anyone that acquires tokens in the first three months, they stake and register, you know, they do the KYC check. We can still give them the guarantee because we've only introduced tokens at a price at least above the auction clearing price. So we know they either came from the original auction pool or at a price point that's higher. So we know that we have enough funds to cover the escrow. So from our perspective, this allows us to keep this um, this price guarantee available, not just at, at the auction, but you know, for any user that acquires them from any platform. Um, and that's really important to us because you know, from our perspective, you know, all platforms are effectively an opportunity for us to grow our user base. Yep, absolutely. So, yes, that's uh, 
that's why we think this is uh, this is so compelling. Um, is you know, it's a chance to uh, remove some of the uncertainty of the of the markets right now and, and back a project that you believe in as a as a purchaser and uh, and participate in this kind of fair price all around. So yeah, that's uh, that's the dynamic behind the, uh, the money back guarantee. Yeah, I, don't, I am like I I don't know if there's other like companies that grow that try to grow in the same kind of volatility as crypto. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> like, um, you have, you have to be like really like nimble and clever and, and try to like make best of, you know, a crazy situation. Like, you know, people, the, this particular downturn um, in crypto isn't as bad as a downturn last year. You know, people forget that Bitcoin went from 20,000 to like 3,800. Um, <laughs> This this downturn yeah. is only from like ten thousand to five thousand. So to me, I'm like, oh, okay, this is this isn't like a new crypto winter. It's just like a, a you know kind of a, a cold draft, <laughs> um, but it is paired with a, a overall general market downturn, which is a little scarier. We haven't had that yet. Right. It'll be it'll be really interesting to see how that uh, how that plays out, and, and most importantly, how it how it affects the uh, the crypto markets for us. But uh, yeah. I uh, I think that the auction and money back guarantee is coming at a good time, and and if folks are excited about the project, they should be excited about the uh, the structure behind it as well. Yeah, yeah, like likewise. We we actually came up with this without anticipating this kind of crash, but I think it's actually very appropriate and kind of I think if anything points to our uh, you know intelligence of, of figure of of like dealing with with these kinds of situations, uh, but we'll see what happens. Right, no, nobody knows. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. Cool. Well, um, it's been uh, awesome to have you on this podcast um, the second time. So um, I'm glad we got a chance to talk and kind of discuss the the auction and our particular price guarantee. Um, yeah, thank you for supporting us. You guys have been with us, I think, really shortly after I like raised the seed round with the white paper. So you guys have known us for almost the entirety of the project. Uh, and have been really good supporters of always like giving us great advice. So I'm super lucky to have met you back in those back, back in the day. Much, uh, much more to come. The feeling is, is mutual. Um, and yeah, everyone should check out uh, coinless.co slash Solana for more information about the auction, about the money back guarantee, about the project. And, uh, and obviously both of our teams are on standby waiting to field questions.